Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm Kristen, here with Isabel, also known as Izzy or Isa. (laughs) We are your Being the Change hosts. And for those of you who are new, which is all of you, since this is our first episode, we are are Vedic meditation initiators and started a nonprofit with our third partner, Shannon O'Dalton, called Meditation Without Borders. Our mission is to bring Vedic meditation courses to people in need around the world. And today we'll be talking about a subject that's at the core of our mission, meditation for social change. But what is meditation for social change? (laughs) (laughs) Lisa? (laughs) Well, for me, it's, we always try to be our best version and we always try to make the world a better place, but it's so hard to actually do it by thinking about it or by just trying to control your emotions it's so hard to to do it because if you're stressed in your body and you have wounds from old traumas it's very hard to control those emotions and they'll eventually just come up and make you act in not great ways (laughs) very stressed ways so meditation is a way for for each person to heal that from the source And when that happens, that person kind of eventually becomes that incredible version of themselves, which we all know we are inside. It's just sometimes hard to to show it to the world. Um, So when when you heal all that stress and all that trauma and you kind of have that bliss state with you all the time, you naturally become that and you act in that way. And meditation nowadays is kind of associated with privileged people who are like, oh, I need to meditate and also go to the gym and go to yoga and stuff like that. And meditation is something that should be available to everyone. And most people who need meditation don't really have access to it. So our mission with Meditation Without Borders is to help all those people who need it, the ones who are suffering the most, and give them this beautiful tool to help them change their life in a in a really powerful way and not just have meditation be for, for more privileged people. Yeah. Something you've said reminded me of the, uh, the, the idea that oftentimes people blame leaders for what's going mm-hmm. on in the world, like our pol- politicians and things like that. And it's like, well, if we could just get a different person in power, then things would be different. But really our leaders are a reflection of the collective Mm-hmm. And the only way that the collective changes is on the level of the individual. So in some ways, it's kind of interesting. You think of meditation as this inward thing. It's a very personal thing. And it's very much marketed as this, this um, individual. You always see like, oh, the benefits are, it's going to make you more productive. You're going to look younger. It's like all these, <laughs> <laughs> which are nice. It's true. It's <laughs> That does also happen. It does also happen, which who doesn't want to look younger and actually get their stuff done. But, but really it's, 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 that's, we're missing the point with that. It's Mm -hmm. like, um, yes, it works on the individual, but the only way to shift the collective is on the level of the individual. So we have to change the consciousness of individual people in order to make really big social change. And so, um, and so one of the things I think we want to do with both this podcast and our organization is really getting people out of this mindset of thinking of meditation as a, as this practice for me, 
to get the things I want to be happy because that's really not the point. Because once you start meditating, you actually no longer care about those things as much. (laughs) The the reason I'm laughing is because my vanity has not completely gone away. (laughs) But but it's 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 not as it's not what I identify with anymore as much as I used to because when you meditate, you go into that ocean of self instead of the wave of self, and you identify with that. And when you identify with that, you are, um, it's your extended self that is now Mm -hmm. you. So when there's suffering in the world, you can't handle it because that's you. It's not, it's not like something that's other. It's you. I got chills from saying, hearing you say that (laughs) because it's so true. (laughs) I'm on, I'm on a soapbox roll right now. (laughs) 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 But it's, um, but it's true. It's like you you feel it. And also, it's not only that. It's not only that when you meditate, you actually are much more interested in helping because it's your extended self. But you also, it keeps people from hurting others because it's this, this othering that happens. And we're seeing that so much right now. It's actually coming to the surface right now mm-hmm. in such a big way where we're seeing how much we, are, we have been othering other people, even people who don't think of themselves as racist or sexist or anything ist are realizing even the subtle ways in which we other people. And, um, and it is that othering, that, that, that idea of other is really a, um, it's, it's, a, it's a myth, it's, it's not real. You know, our true self is, is everything is one. Yeah, and we so, just, yeah. sorry. No, go um, on. But what you said is very on point because sometimes we don't actually realize um, some of the stress we have because it's so ingrained in society mm-hmm. that um, and you think stress and these reactions are normal, but they're not normal. They're they're common. A lot of people have them, but it's not the way we're supposed to be, and it's not the mm-hmm. way we're supposed to behave. But because you've been surrounded by all these things for so long, you kind of don't even realize that that's not how you're supposed to feel. Right. I mean, it's the culture and cultural indoctrination. Sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's hard to say, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. You you grow up in these constructs, these societal constructs that are very unfair, but because it's all you've ever known, it's, you don't see it all the time. But when you meditate, you start seeing those things. You get this more objective, higher perspective and um, and can actually see injustice more clearly. Clearly, um, and just to give you some background for those who are you know new to our organization, our mission is to go around the world and teach Vedic meditation to different groups of people in need. Um, but it's not just honestly the people who who need meditation. In addition to the people who are in need in order to reduce their suffering, are those who are causing the suffering. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and because, I haven't you know, totally figured out how to reach them yet. <laughs> <laughs> we have to change the collective first and it'll eventually right. it'll reach them. Because the thing <laughs> is, you know, you can't help but act according to your state of consciousness. So if you're terribly stressed and terribly angry, that's the way you're going to act. So even if people tell you or you try to act differently, it's very hard to control that. Mm-hmm. So if you if you naturally release that and heal that, your your consciousness will naturally act, you, you change, and your actions will act accordingly. 
So you don't even have to put an effort to see like, oh, what do I have to change? It'll just happen naturally because because of how powerful this practice is. I totally got sidelined. Um, <laughs> we can get back on track. No, it's all, there is no, there, we have no math for it. <laughs> we can go anywhere in this. But it's true. I, I really, um, I, I've, I see meditation as something that is, has had so much popularity in recent years. I think first it was yoga kind of came mm-hmm. through. And then meditation kind of came behind it. All these Vedic practices are following each other. I think Ayurveda is coming after meditation. (laughs) And who knows what's after that? Vastu architecture or something like that, (laughs) which I know nothing about. But but meditation kind of came through, but it got pushed through like into this, into the Western society with kind of a Western capitalist filter, you know, Mm -hmm. it got pushed through that. And so, so it, it, it ended up becoming a commodity in some ways. It ended up becoming this thing that could be sold, and it was also billed as this thing to, like I said, to get the things you want. And people use it as a way of promoting themselves. And so it lost its its core message, which is that it makes you no longer uh, identify with your ego. Mm-hmm. It's so anti the way our society works. <laughs> that it's almost hard to wrap your head around. But, um, but right now I feel like meditation is having this spike of, of popularity, but it's, it's, it's the, the, the center of the bell curve right now thinks of it as a, a thing that individuals do to do the things that they, that will bring them happiness. It's still this, Mm -hmm. um, object referral happiness. Yeah. And what meditation brings you is self-referral happiness. And, um, I see that that's the next wave. Like that's, that's where this is going to go. And because what's, what's fascinating is that in order to, because we are all one, because we're all our extended self, that in order to, like we said before, in order to uplift the collective, it has to be done on the individual level, but also in order to uplift the individual, you have to put attention on the collective as well just mm-hmm. being on your own, working on your own, like always on yourself, always on yourself, like it, it, not paying attention to anyone else around you, not paying attention to what's going on in the world. It makes for a very narrow kind of enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I love our practice because it's not a monastic practice where you're like, well, I'm going to go meditate and I don't have any interest in the relative world. I'll just go <laughs> to the mountain and meditate. And like, I don't want to travel because, you know, I have my own trips in my mind. <laughs> because, you know, this is a householder practice. So it's so simple yet so powerful. And the point is to still live your life and become relatable to people and kind of inspire those around you. And so that's why it's so important. It's like, I, I have this inner experience, but I actually experience all the benefits outside of meditation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that my students kind of get a little like, what, when I teach them, because they're <laughs> like, but I didn't feel a lot inside of my meditation. You know, I had all these thoughts. And then it's like, but how do you feel outside of meditation? I feel so great. I'm so patient now. I'm so loving. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's telling you that you've ha- you're having great meditations. And so that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Because as you said, it's we have to kind of go into the collective and we, we do it through our own self. But 
that's why this is so powerful because it's not about just ourselves and it happens naturally. You know, when you, when you meditate and because this practice is designed for it, you'll naturally kind of start healing your own environment, which happens all the time. People start meditating and then they start, they start getting along better with their families and when, with their partners and their jobs because of the state of consciousness that they're gaining and how they're kind of inspiring other people just by being themselves. And so, and so that's, kind of what we want to do on a much bigger scale with people who don't have access to this. That's an interesting point you bring up is meditation itself is an act for social change Mm -hmm. because meditation itself cools the collective, you know, meditation itself bends the field. Like you get enough meditators together and they've done studies about this where you get enough meditators together and all of a sudden crime in an area goes down. Mm-hmm. And it's not because the people who would have done the crime are doing the meditating. It's those around them <laughs> are meditating, <laughs> which is fascinating to think, but it's just more proof that we are not individuals. And so, so even just learning to meditate is an act of kindness to your society, to your family, to all those around you. It's not, it's not an individual act. And, um, So, you know, for us in doing this organization, we really wanted to bring this healing solve of meditation to these areas. Like if you imagine the earth and just, I would just close my eyes when we started thinking about this entity before we even made a website or did anything. (laughs) I just imagine the earth and it like just where it had wounds, Mm -hmm. like where it was bleeding. And I was like, that's where we need to bring the healing. true you know and what's funny is it's it's in this past year that we've been working on it it really you know it's almost like this the the earth has all these things have come up between the migration issues and Mm -hmm. then there was you know there's covid and then there's the um all the protests and the black lives matter movement and everything it's like it's it's almost it's it's amazing because it really is a time that that seems like shifts are, are are happening and big shifts are happening and meditation can really smooth those shifts. It's like the consciousness is yeah. clearly rising. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a dynamic time, but the way shifts happen, change happens, change is always happening. It just can happen roughly or yeah. it can happen smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't listen, it'll right. happen roughly. <laughs> right. It's going to happen anyway. It's just, you can kind of take you know, the reins of it, or you can let nature take it for you. And when nature does it, it doesn't always do it so, so calm and <laughs> smoothly, especially to those who are resisting. So, and a lot of people would argue and say like, wait, no, the consciousness isn't rising. Like, look at all these fascist governments popping up and all the incredible suffering that's been happening. But really that's, that's part of it. That's part of the, the areas of our society that need to be highlighted for deletion <laughs> are exactly. coming to the surface. You know, it's like just to take the the Black Lives Matter protests right now. It's not like the racism is new. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like this is new. It's not like police brutality is a new issue. And for some people, it's funny, it is new to them because they've mm-hmm. been so ignorant of it for so long. Um, but it's it's coming to the surface. And when something you can't get rid of something until it is staring you in the face and you can see it, which is interesting because that's how meditation works individually as well. 
mm-hmm. you know, that's the unstressing value. Yeah. It needs to get a little worse before it gets better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, as stuff comes out, you get the flavor of it. You know, everyone thinks yeah. of meditation as this false idea that when you meditate, you're just in some peaceful inner peace zone all, the whole time. But as we know, especially in our training, <laughs> it's not always pretty. <laughs> when you're unstressing and you have those meditations where stuff needs to come out that's been stored in your physiology for years mm-hmm. and that stress needs to release, it gets ugly. And so this is what's happening to our society is, is it's unstressing, you know? And the ugliness in some places is coming to the surface. And those aspects of consciousness in the society are holding, trying to pull back because they can feel the vibration of annihilation coming for them. So they're even more trying to, to keep things from moving forwards. Same yeah. happens on the individual level. If you have some part of you that is aspect of your individual consciousness that it, that is starting to come to the surface for annihilation, it really fights hard. <laughs> <laughs> I have some aspects that have been fighting for years. <laughs> it is the same thing. You know, if you resist it, it, it becomes worse. Right. And same with society. You know, if we're resisting change and we're resisting, you know, this evolution that's happening where racism needs to be stopped now, um, it'll just get more violent. So we have to kind of also be aware of where nature is taking us and where evolution is is happening and just kind of go into it because that's that's where you need to be not resisting change and trying to hold on to things that are you know no longer relevant same with meditation you hold on to these old stresses like (laughs) no you know some people think that you know their stress is their identity like who am I gonna be without my pain like (laughs) you You're gonna be you. Believe me, you're gonna be. It's gonna be a good thing. It's you, the best version of you. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. that everybody wants to be around. <laughs> no, what's what? What I love, you know, about the protests is just evidence to me about that people are really looking for a way to help. That people really, really are looking for a way that they can be part of helping progressive change along. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about how many, how many times there's been like, you know, someone's been killed. Um, and there's been a little bit of a protest, like, you know, Mm -hmm. even a lot of the school shootings have had like this, this like wave rise and then it falls and it's like, Oh, it's like, you just want the momentum. And it feels like right now momentum is really high. And so I love, I will really want to get the message out there through this podcast and through our work that, um, that one of the biggest things you can do to aid that effort is to learn to meditate. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, you can really, if you think about it, every interaction you have with any, someone ripples out to, to much further than you can possibly imagine. Like say, for example, you have, you know, say you're getting your coffee one morning and the barista made your latte wrong <laughs> and, and they expect you to get all huffy and about and entitled about it. And instead you're kind and ask them their name and ask their, because you're not stressed, it doesn't matter to you. You know, when you're stressed, that yeah. kind of thing can set you off and you have a stress reaction. But when you're meditating, you're just kind. And that person takes that with them to their day and then they take that with them to their families and then they take that to their kids. It's just every little interaction just keeps rippling out. So when you become a meditator, you just start 
being this peace machine that that really is uplifting everywhere you go. It starts with the microcosm of your society, of your family, and just moves out from there. And But the opposite can happen too. You know, when you don't meditate in stress, every action you have still ripples out. And that stress ripples out into the collective. And with every person you meet, you, if you bring them down, then they bring the people around them down. So it has a similar effect. But if you if you meditate, it's it's like it's you're like a one person um, change agent, you know. <laughs> exactly, and it happens naturally. You even get surprised by yourself, like, "Wow!" I <laughs> at another time I would have shouted to that barista, but I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great because some people feel like they have to kind of pretend to be yeah. zen and like. Okay, I'm really angry, but I have to be really zen and like, it's okay, don't worry about the coffee. But it's so much effort and it just kind of drains out after a while. And with meditation, right. you just literally don't care and you're just, it, the niceness comes out of you and and people can totally tell if you're being genuine or not. If you're not being genuine, you know, might not really make a big of an impact. But if you're genuine, as you said, kind of the the ripple is so much more powerful. So it just happens on its own. And that's kind of the beauty for me that it's like, oh, great, that did not matter. <laughs> and you continue spraying your bliss to everyone you come in contact with. <laughs> that sounded kind of gross. <laughs> I feel like that was not the correct word in my head. I suddenly had an image of like one of those hippos, you know, when they're just like defecating. <laughs> Sorry for that image. No, that's fine. It's going to stay with me. <laughs> the bliss spray. <laughs> No, it's but it's great. It's so funny to think that something so simple can have such a massive impact. Sorry, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> but it, it it really is. It's the most simple thing in the world, and yet it's the most powerful thing in the world. You're affecting the very fabric of what is creating the world. What is mm-hmm. what is everything we're looking at? It's just shaped consciousness. And for those of you who haven't you know, who are new to meditation, that can sound kind of weird, (laughs) but, but, you know, when you get to this, into the deeper, um, knowledge, it's, it's really what is manifesting all around us is just consciousness in different forms, different level of ignorance of its status of oneness. And so, so how do you make change? Well, it's, if it's all consciousness, then go to the foundation. You know, if you Mm want to help a tree that's sick, you don't go by spraying <laughs> spraying again. <laughs> spraying the leaves with water. You start watering the root. <laughs> Though I don't know if the bliss spray would work. <laughs> you gotta water the root. You gotta go to the source. And what is the source of everything? The source is that deeper level of consciousness. And how do you affect that deeper deeper level of consciousness? You affect it through the individual going to that level and becoming that. That's how it exactly. works. So that's why we call this being the change because being the state of being is that, is that um, part of all of ourselves, that deeper part of ourselves that is all one. 
When we, we talk about, when we teach meditation, we talk about letting our awareness go down to that state of being. And so we call this being the change because change requires the consciousness going to that very, the root of it all, going to that foundation and making change from there. Yeah. So it was kind of a cool play on words. <laughs> and also we <laughs> took it from Gandhi. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's so true because that state is, is an absolute bliss state. And if we kind of go to the source of what everybody wants, everybody just wants to be happy. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't know how to get it. So they think through power and through money and mm-hmm. through greed and all these things. But at the kind of base, all we want is happiness. So Mm-hmm. The thing with happiness is that we don't, everybody says like, oh, happiness comes from within, but nobody really tells you how. It's like, oh, great. Okay. How do I do it? <laughs> I I, it's like, wait, I just, I have a spleen. I have a pancreas. Where's, where's the happiness? <laughs> exactly. um, so we constantly look for it outside of ourselves. Like, oh, when this happens and when that happens and the thing with with that happiness is that because the relative world is always changing, it's, it's a happiness that's very, very vulnerable. You know, it can, everything, it, it changes. So it doesn't last very long. So once we get it, it's like, okay, now what else is going to make me happy? Cause you do get a little burst of happiness, but it doesn't last long. So we are constantly looking for it. So what happens, and this is kind of to what you were saying earlier is that when we go to these deep layers of consciousness, the deepest and kind of get ourselves immersed in this bliss state, we come out of meditation, we feel blissful. And so kind of our approach to happiness changes because happiness, we act, now we have a technique through meditation in which to access this inner happiness, which is actually inner bliss, which is obviously much more you know, powerful. So your actions change and you no longer seek it outside of yourself. But what happens is that now you want to share that with everybody. So that's kind of um, going back to what you were saying that now that you're happy, you want to take that happiness on an excursion. You want to take it everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and share it. And that's kind of the ripple effect that you were saying. Um, How if you're radiating that, you people will will feel that and they'll naturally get heightened in, in bliss because you're there. That's a, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, really zeroing in on that concept that for the most part, 98% of people, you know, everyone is not meditating. I don't know what the percentage is, but Mm -hmm. how we're taught is that you look for happiness outside. You look for happiness in achievements and acquisitions and, really it's it's relative happiness and the reason it's relative is because it's based on contrast if you have a nice house and you get a nicer house you feel happy and that's how you can see these rich people who are grumpy it's because it's still like maybe you have a nice house and you end up in a less nice house well then you're you're grumpy about it even if yeah. it's a perfectly suitable place when you meditate and you become self you your fulfillment's coming within from within and you're no longer looking outside for fulfillment then what happens is desires percolate up in you, not to fulfill your happiness, not for not your awareness is not constantly looking outside, seeking greater and greater happiness. It, what happens is now your orientation for living becomes, like you said, bringing that fulfillment on an excursion. 
And this idea that everyone is looking for happiness, you know, happiness is often based on this idea of unity, feeling that feeling that feeling of being, but even on the outside, having unity experiences with other people, even people who we see as like being divisive, like say Nazis, let's mm-hmm. go for Nazis. <laughs> Cause I don't think anybody likes Nazis, but even Nazis are finding unity with other Nazis, you know? Yeah. They're looking for that unity experience. And what is that unity experience is seeing the self in another. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really finding, having some experience of extended self, even in the relative. So meditation gives you that directly. Yeah. You have that oneness experience directly. So now when you go out into the world, your, your unity experiences are so much stronger. You start having love, not just for the people in your, your family, but you have love, your love for your family members becomes so much stronger. And then that love extends out to even strangers, extends to the environment. And, um, because love is just really that, that experience of, of, of realizing that oneness aspect in everything. And that's kind of, sorry, it kind of ties up to the other. You no longer Mm -hmm. see people as other even if they're different from you because we usually love people who we have a lot of points in common with and it's hard Mm -hmm. to love people who don't have points in common but when you constantly experience that level of the deepest layer in yourself from which we all come from there's nothing that unites you more than that so you Mm -hmm. no longer need those kind of unity points Service or points, points in common yeah to to connect mm-hmm. with people you can connect with absolutely everybody because we all come from the same place so naturally as you said you start to feel more connected to other people that at some point you thought you would never like and then you do and you realize like hey this person is actually pretty nice <laughs> I have specific examples in mind that I'll be sharing right now <laughs> the same thing you're like oh my god dogs or like yeah like <laughs> dogs are so amazing and you know with apps like even bug you're like oh my god i'm not gonna kill this tiny spider and things like that Mm -hmm. because you feel connected to absolutely everything because you are so kind of all these aspects of other drift away they drift away and if you look at history you can just see how that othering has caused so much suffering even in spiritual communities, even when it gets down to religion, it's like, oh, well, my religion and your God is not my God. And mm-hmm. you are now other and you must be annihilated. This othering has seeped into all aspects of culture and cause wars, cause people to treat others not as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, you see examples of this everywhere. And when someone doesn't treat someone as human, then then they can do cruel things that you couldn't possibly imagine. But if someone sees someone as human and sees them as an extension of their self, it, it, the empathy factor is so much higher. And also on the flip side, it's ignorance. That ignoring of oneness is that ignorance is so thick when you don't meditate. Meditation is such a, it, it dispels ignorance. Mm-hmm. And, um, you have to really have a thick level of ignorance to be cruel to another because you, ha- and what is ignorance? Ignorance is that re- ignoring of oneness. Um, there's lots of examples around. Yeah. <laughs> Especially and now. We can, you can educate people and you can tell them and try to make them understand, but you want it to change from the source. Mm-hmm. And as you said, meditation 
completely dispels that. So all, all that, you know, educating will, will do something, but you really want the person to, to really, really live it. And mm-hmm. that will, that will make the change sustainable and real. So our organization is, I remember when we first came up with it, um, you were in California with me mm-hmm. and we were hanging <laughs> out at the cliffside and we decided to meditate. And that's what's so funny is it actually came in meditation, the idea for it. Kristen um, is the master of getting these amazing <laughs> cognitions and I'm just here along for the ride. Like whatever you do, I'm, I'm following I call them homework assignments because they're always require a lot of work. (laughs) But it was just this beautiful vision of how we can bring meditation to all different types of people and communities and societies and, um, and really just set the example of meditation as a tool for, um, and a catalyst for, for the change that we're all looking for. Um, it's it uh it started when we were in our training i think actually the seeds of it because yeah we were, yeah exactly <laughs> we, were we wanted to yeah <laughs> best time ever <laughs> and i remember we wanted to kind of teach the the hispanic population in california that's mm-hmm. how kind of we started yeah. talking about it well that's how we started talking about just the idea that meditation is really just is only getting to this one demographic. Yeah. <laughs> that demographic happens to be us. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're white women, middle upper middle class women. <laughs> but we're on but, we're on the work to change it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and and just realizing because there's so many people in my um community who don't speak English and I was like, oh my gosh, Izzy, she can come up here and she can teach in Spanish. And that's a whole, you know, group of people who haven't had access before. And, um, and then I think when we had the cognition for meditation without borders, it was just, it was just taking that seed and just expanding it into a massive tree of where this could go. And so, and it's, it's still evolving because we have, um, our projects, we had one in Cameroon at a gorilla sanctuary mm-hmm. and one at an orphanage in Guatemala and a, a women's prison in Mexico. And we had done one um, at a women's cancer uh, institute in, in Mexico City uh, in February. We had we'd gotten our first project off the ground. But now that um, things are on lockdown, we're, we're exploring all the different ways that um, we can bring meditation to people. And this can, came about it's such a great idea. You know, if we can't really be there in person, we have to um, share the knowledge. And that's, that's when you also had this cognition. (laughs) (laughs) I had it in last December. So you can see how long it took to get off the ground. (laughs) But yes. So so, we've also learned how to be patient because we wanted this to lift off so fast for so long and we've learned so much along the way and I think now it's like oh it's so great that we had to wait because we get more experience and more knowledge and once Mm -hmm. these things happen we're so ready for them Mm -hmm. and I I really hope that in listening to us and we'll be doing interviews with people we want to use this also as a platform for uplifting people who are already 
um, doing work to shift um, consciousness for social change. The other people who are watering the root in different ways um, would love to highlight them. So we'll be doing that on this podcast. And um, we also want this to be a means of inspiration. And because what happens when meditation, um, you incorporate it into your life, all of a sudden, how, like whatever role it is you're supposed to play, your contribution becomes clear. Yeah. You know? So we want people to find what it is that they have to offer. Not everyone's going to become a meditation teacher, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. We don't need, uh, it's, 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 it's a tough program. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many beautiful ways in which people can, can take their gifts and, and contribute them to the, um, to, to progressive change. So if we can be an inspiration for that, then, then we feel like we've, we've done our contribution. Exactly. So thank you all for listening. And so we will be coming back with another episode very soon. Um, take care and please subscribe if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have a beautiful night. Jay Guru Dave. <laughs>